were all men while baba gave refuge at his feet to even a most ferocious tiger the stories are rather long which will add to the bulk of the book so i shall briefly narrate only their essence which will benefit the listeners as is their thought at the time of death so is the next birth that comes to the creature out of fear insects become bees and out of this love for this young one of the deer jadabharat was born deer in the next birth Whatever the form before the mental eye in the moment of death it is that same form in which the next birth comes but he who has surrendered humbly at the feet of god has no rebirth as it is the reason that devotees were encouraged to cultivate the habit of ceaselessly chanting the name so that when the end came they may not be bewildered but remember to take the name alert all his life but if a man slumbers in the moment of death then the ultimate purpose of his keeping the holy company all his life is wasted hence the simple the guileless among the devotee enters themselves in the hands of the saint for the saints who know about the birth or rebirth or otherwise they alone are our companions in the hour of death this is a important uh, lesson over here which you need to know whatever is the thought that you end your life with the last thought that last thought gets converted into your next life now you will wonder what it is that has converted that thought into the next life remember i told you that it's the thought which creates the object right so whatever is your thought let us say for example you are thinking of a bee or suppose a snake has bitten you and you are thinking of the snake and you are dying at that point in time the next life of yours will be converted into that thought because the thought is there it is converting itself into a new life it's the same thing which uh, I, we were talking about in the shrimad bhagavatam where the divine is sleeping on the adishesh on the ocean of milk and he is thinking of this world dreaming about that dream becomes a reality so here in this case also when you are thinking so much about this thought process this thought gets converted into a reality so whatever is our thought that thought is very very potent see i had told you that one day i will explain to you how the thought gets converted into the reality what i will do is tomorrow i will do a very tiny lesson in this aspect at the beginning of the chapter so that you will understand so this entire process of how the thought gets converted what exactly happens we will do tomorrow in the beginning of the satsang so that's a different set of understanding that you will get so just now we will continue so just for your information remember any potent thought that is there has got power of converting itself into a reality that is our physical reality all right so as you listen to the sweet tale in this connection which took place in sai's presence you will see o listeners 
Sai's affection for the devotee. Oh, where Madras, where Shirdi, and where the steep climb of Manasarovar. But when the devotee's time was up, how Baba would draw them to himself, bringing them at his feet. Once a sannyasi from Madras named Vijayanand set out very enthusiastically from Madras to go to Manasarovar. Having seen a map of the Manasarovar which a Japanese traveler had, he firmly resolved in his mind to see the Manasarovar. He touched Shirdi while on the way where he heard much about Baba's great. So with a keen desire for Baba's darshan, he came in search of his dwelling place. When he heard that Sai Maharaj was a great saint with a worldwide renown, he wished to take his darshan and stopped at Shirdi on his way. At that time, Swami Somdevji of Haridwar was in Shirdi. So they happened to meet each other in the midst of other devotees. The sannyasi then asked him, how far is Manasarovar? And the Swami said, from Gangotri, that is the source of the Ganga, it is 500 miles above. There is heavy snowfall there. After every 100 miles, the language changes. The Bhutanese become suspicious too. Foreign travelers face great difficulties. On receiving such information from the Swami, the sannyasi was crestfallen. <clears throat> His mind had become unsettled and he was quite worried. He took Sai Baba's darshan prostrating at his feet and his mind became calm and happy. He sat down in the sitting posture. Suddenly, Baba's anger was provoked. He said to the people, Drive this sannyasi away. His company is of no avail to us. As it was, the sannyasi was new and did not know Baba's nature. Although in his mind he felt quite abashed, he sat down observing the service that the devotees rendered Baba. It was the morning darbar and the mosque was packed with people. The puja articles that the devotees had brought and the rituals they were being performed were quite amazed, amazing to the sannyasi. Some devotees were washing Baba's feet, taking the holy water from Baba's toe in a spoon, some were drinking it while others applied it to their eyes. Yet others were applying the sandalwood paste to him while some smeared him with fragrant perfume. They had become quite oblivious to the caste restrictions between Brahmin, Shudras and other castes. Although Baba had become angry, the sannyasi himself was overwhelmed with love. He would not move back an inch or get up from where he sat. He had hardly been to Shirdi for two days when he received a letter that his mother was seriously ill at the village. He became very sad. He felt that he should go back to his own place and meet the mother. But he would not leave without Baba's permission. Letter in hand, the sannyasi went to the mosque and describing his mother's condition began to entreat Baba. Maharaj Sai Samar, there is a long time longing in the heart for meeting my mother. Please give me permission gladly, take pity on this traveller. He came running and catching hold of Baba's feet and said, Will you kindly give me permission? My mother must be lying on the ground, her life in her throat. But she must be waiting for me, let me go and see her at least, so that the pain will become bearable for her and her end will be peaceful. Sai Samar knew intuitively that the sannyasi's own life itself was coming to an end. So listen attentively to what Baba then said to him. If there was so much attachment to the mother, then why did you accept these robes? Such attachment does not become this attire. You have brought disgrace to the saffron robes. Go sit in peace. Do not be sad. Let a few days pass and then we shall decide what to do. Have patience and courage. In the Vada there are many thieves. Fasten the doors and be alert, for they will rob you of your all and attack you fiercely. Prosperity is never permanent. As for this body, it is forever transient. Knowing that death is always near, conduct yourself according to dharma. In this world, the feeling of me and mine with regards to this body, wife, sons, etc. and threefold afflictions resultant thereof 
these are called the calamities of the worldly life the second calamity is outer worldly the outer worldly are heavens of which people are desirous after this even that is an obstacle to to the attainment of moksha or liberation and tends always to bring about a fall back to earth no merit can be accumulated in that world nor in that attainment freedom free from fear from there to the fear of a fall once the merit is exhausted is undoubtedly present hence both the worldly and the outer worldly existence are fraught with calamities therefore to run, renounce them totally is the cause of origin of pure happiness we have been doing this i think for last many many years we are running after material things if not material things outer worldly things i want to go to heaven going to heaven it sounds like a very easy thing but what is baba saying over here he is saying that heaven is also a place where it's like a return ticket is there available to us there is no permanent vacancy there you have to come back and when you are back on this material world again you are going to face the same thing most important part over here what baba has told him is if somebody has accepted sanyasa somebody has accepted the robes you know those robes which they wear ochre color robes which they wear or has thought that i am a, you know i have taken sanyas a person is not supposed to have any relationship of any kind with anybody in this world he is renounced completely so there is no mother brother sister husband wife children nothing 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 in this world that is why baba has said over here see if you have taken the saffron robes the attachment to the attire or attachment to the material world in this is not allowed so what you have to do you have to give up everything you have to give up everything and go and this is a very tough thing for a normal human being to do take up sanyas sanyas ashram is extremely tough and there you are not allowed even if your mother is dying your father is dying somebody is going this is happening that is happening no reasons are allowed you have to stay where you are because you don't have any relations in this world except the lord secondly he says there is nothing like me and mine and then again you cannot have any relationship with any heaven of any kind so you cannot say i want to go to brahma's heaven or vishnu's heaven or something like that you are not allowed that also so these are two things which he is talking about disgusted with worldly life those who are absorbed steadfastly at god's feet will be freed from the bondage of worldly life and the hold of maya or ignorance over them will disappear the moment of god's worship his remembrance drives away sin affliction and distress when remembered lovingly he comes to our rescue in the time of trouble great is our accumulated merit that you have come to this place now give attention to my words and find fulfillment in this life from tomorrow begin a study of the bhagavad complete three saptahs of that book earnestly with your thought action and speech becoming free from all desires listen to the reading of this book or yourself read it with full faith and with a readiness to contemplate upon it deeply again and again god will then be pleased and will put an end to all your sorrows maya temptation will be calmed down and you will enjoy true happiness see in this line there is again a very important word which has got used maya comma temptations temptations are nothing but maya's own domain okay she is very alluring she creates all these other worldly and this worldly stuff magic she creates colors she creates sounds she creates all sorts of things now when i say sounds also what is this sound that we are talking about now something that is very very pleasant to hear 
something that is pleasant to see as a colors or things now if we are attracted towards a particular sound and at the end of our life also we are interested in listening to that do you remember uh, when somebody is dying that person says i want to see this person for the last time in my life you know many of these old people when they are about to die they have said you know i want to see uh, maybe their granddaughter or grandson or somebody like that they want to see again they want to hear their voice you are attracted towards that voice you are attracted towards this person it's going to keep you trapped in that material world again and again it is going to bring you back so you need to give up all these things so maya can come in any form okay suppose there is a bird you are listening to the tweeting of the bird also and you die while tweeting thinking about the bird you will become a bird i'm sorry that is that is what you may end up being okay if you jar bharat story where he you know he is a great sage he goes to the jungle he does all his tapasya and all that and suddenly he finds that there is one you know uh, a deer which is hurt and he protects the deer and then he gets so much engrossed in the deer that finally when he is dying he cannot leave the deer and go away he still wonders you know somebody will come and take this deer away and something will happen to it and that is a trap maya creates such kind of beautiful traps so you need to be very very careful about this so when he is doing the sapta basically when you are reading a holy book your mind is totally engrossed in that form of the lord now why the bhagavat is because it is about krishna and his avatars isn't it the same book that parikshit was also doing so parikshit had asked what is it that has to be done which will keep me completely at the feet of the lord so this is a very important book that we are doing after ablutions with the mind concentrated on hari complete this observance fully and you will be free from temptations when baba knew that his own life was nearing its end he followed the same practice and got ram vijay read out to him by which shankar the conqueror of death is pleased the next day in the morning after the ablutions he offered flowers to baba and applied the dust from baba's feet to his head taking the bhagavat under his arm he selected a quiet and a peaceful lane to ensure seclusion needed for reading seated in a yogic asana he then started reading a sanyasi engaged all the time in god worship he easily completed two saptahs as he was about to start the third suddenly he felt restless he began to feel a growing weakness so he left the reading in complete where it was He returned to the vada and had hardly passed two days with difficulty when at the third day dawn Bua closed his eyes forever with his head on Fakir Baba's lap the sanyasi died in peace freed from the body of all earthly desires when baba was told about the sanyasi's death he commanded that the body be preserved for one day do not bury him just yet he said so very hopefully people guarded his body thinking that he may be revived into life again but once the life is extinguished it is going to be is it going to be revived again and yet baba's words were truth so they preserved the body and in, in effect it did come useful the unclaimed body was taken care of and the suspicion of the police were allayed once dead what life can there be there what life can there be in the body and did baba not know how to restore the life dead to life but his purpose was that without a proper inquiry the corpse should not be buried under the ground whatever is unclaimed belongs to the government and an inquiry is held in case of a sudden death 
Baba had put up this pretext so that the cops may not be buried without proper inquiry. And all this came about later on. The last rites were then performed on the corpse and it was given a burial in the proper place. The saint's purpose was then accomplished. I shall now narrate to the listeners another tale. Listening to it carefully for a moment and size all pervasiveness will be revealed to you. Balram, whose surname was Mankar, was a great devotee of Baba. He was a householder, but later on his wife died, making it difficult to fulfill his duties of a householder. He lost his peace of mind, but that in turn was to bring him the greatest good fortune. By the fruit of the accumulated merit, he came into Sai's holy company and there grew a steadfast devotion to Sai and full detachment from worldly life. Okay, uh, one more thing which I will tell you. Why is it important to preserve the body for some time? It is because uh, the, the japa which is going on, now let us assume that Bua was a very good devotee of the Lord and in his mind the japa was going on. All right? The japa continues even after the body has become cold. So you will still find that the bones can also sing the same japa. Now you will find that this, this story is true whereas the great sage from Iran, that's Persia, where he said Anal Haq. So even after his body was cut down into pieces, every part of the body was singing Anal Haq. And that is a fact. And most of the great sages, their bodies, they do not deteriorate the way our bodies will deteriorate. See, our bodies are made up of Panchabhutas. We, we start deteriorating the moment we leave the body. You know, the signs of life have gone. But the sages' lives are not like that. They continue to hover over there for some time. Why is it that they do? Because they have to complete something. So you will find that the sages normally keep on hanging, you know, continuing for some time. You will find that most of the Auliyas, Auliyas are sages, okay? These are the peers. They are they are there in all parts of India and the world rather. If you ever go to their Mazar, their place where the body is buried, you can still find that their bones can still sing by the way, alright? So maybe if you go to uh, say Rajasthan, where, what is that cold place over there, high up in the mountains, there, or you go to Delhi, or uh, you go to, you know, I don't know many places in India. There are places in Kashmir also, where the Sufi saints are buried. You will find that it happens that you can actually hear them, you can talk to them, their bones can still listen to you. Same happens in Shirdi as well. Baba was an awliya, was a saint. He was a he was a Sufi saint, and being a Sufi saint, they have the power to be there wherever they have been buried. So that is the reason why it is so. And remember, Bua was a Hindu, correct? And yet he was buried. It is mentioned that he is buried. Doesn't it sound very strange? So <laughs> naturally, he must have been a great saint. Otherwise, that would not have happened. Severing the ties of hopes and desires of the children and the family, this remarkably fortunate Mankar renounced his worldly life. Service of others which in worldly life is an ornamental necklace, but in spiritual life is obstacle. Mankar put around his son's neck, thus putting a lock on all his worldly duties. See, this uh, this is something which we need to understand. Service of others 
which in worldly life is an ornamental necklace but in spiritual life it's an obstacle those who are on the path of spiritual find that serving some other person is the most difficult thing in the world it is not possible to accept service from anybody you know like uh, maybe work for a company or do some business or whatever because spiritual life brings about a change which is called dispassion detachment it's these are the two d's that come into our picture and we cannot even focus in our material world of doing some work for somebody so this this kind of detachment and dispassion comes in a person and to accept an ochre robe is still very difficult but if you accept an ochre robe and you become a sanyasi there are no chances of you coming back if you come back there is a very big problem you should not but anyway if you have gone on the path of spiritual these are the tough things that you need to face so for current yuga the thing is what is mentioned by baba and what is mentioned by ramkrishna paramahansa is you be in both the places don't bother about it they even in one of the earlier stories now one name has come over here called balram mankar isn't it there also uh, ramkrishna paramahansa had a very great devotee called balram okay and he tells balram the same thing he says don't worry you can be there as well as here you are like a frog <laughs> so you can be there on water and you can be on land both the places you are an amphibian so mankar put around his son's neck thus putting a lock on all his worldly duties this too is a kind of a sanyas for many are the ways of taking sanyas but that sanyas in which efforts made to attain brahma jnana do not succeed can create trouble at every step so any person who is taking a sanyas for attaining the brahma jnana is the biggest fool on earth because it is not possible to become a brahma jnani you have to become like sukhdev goswami you cannot be like a normal human being okay so but on seeing mankar single minded devotion sai who is kindness incarnate bestowed favors upon him and made him steadfast in his renunciation the innumerable influences of past birth that have enveloped him would not allow mankar's wavering mind to to steady tumultuous waves of heartfelt desires made it difficult for him to be firm in his renunciation so to prove it with direct experience that his place is not in shirdi alone but he transcends time and space sai commanded mankar enough of shirdi now take these 12 rupees for traveling expenses and go to machindragarh which is a fort near satara for penance stay there with a firm resolve to attain happiness on hearing sai's word he respectfully obeyed his command prostrating at the feet in obeisance balram then said to sai with great humility what will i do there where i cannot even have your darshan here i can take your darshan daily i can drink the holy water washed off your feet i can meditate on you effortlessly day and night but there it will be it will be me and me only a petty lowly creature therefore baba i am not able to understand what i can gain without you there why do you send me to that place but a devotee should not entertain even the slightest doubt about his guru's words thought mankar the very moment and his mind was cleared of all doubts and he said forgive me baba my thoughts are born of petty mind mean mind i am ashamed of my doubts such doubting does not become me 
I am but your obedient servant engaged in chanting your name all the time I shall stay happily even in that gad only for your strength gad means a fort there too I shall meditate on you remember your compassion face and will contemplate on you and you alone this will be my constant penance I have surrendered to you single mindedly and when once I have left the decision of my coming and going in your hands why should I entertain such a doubt in my mind The power of your command will give me peace of mind even there. When so mighty is your power, why should I worry needlessly? Sai Samarth is the eternal Brahma, and his words are like everlasting truth. He who tries and reposes trust in them will experience their truth fully. Baba then said to him, "Listen to my words with an alert mind. Do not be riddled with doubts. Go to Machindragad quickly. Meditate three times every day." After some time has elapsed you will experience bliss on getting such an assurance mankar was silenced what can i a poor creature say he was ready to go to the god once again he bowed at sai's feet and after taking udhi prasad and blessings he then set out with an easy mind to go to machindra bhavan on reaching there he was happy to see the beautiful place with pure clean water and a soft blowing breeze sent by sai but still away from him mankar began his penance as per baba's instruction and as directed by him but just see baba's marvel while mankar was engrossed in the meditation baba actually gave him darshan on the ghat mankar had this experience himself that one should get darshan while in the state of samadhi is not surprising but mankar saw sri sai samarth while fully awake and sitting in a yogic posture uh, this is again uh, thing which you need to understand sometimes with your eyes open you can see the person na this happens quite often when there are great sages they need they don't need to come in your dream or something like that you can see them sitting right in front of you and you can see them perfectly what happens to us is we have doubts later on ki oh did i see or didn't i see that is your doubt faith is required at that point in time that person is there you may think he doesn't exist or she doesn't exist but the person very much is there you will find that jesus was seen walking towards meeting his people and he first met first met mary magdalene and mary was surprised now see remember the form that we are seeing is a spiritual form is a basically a spirit form and the spirit forms look and the way they are may differ slightly about 15 to 20% difference will be there in that person so there is a slight difference because it's not a physical body per se so she is not able to gauge who he is so she asks him and she he says oh don't you know me <laughs> just a few days ago i was put over there and now i'm walking in front of you Easter is coming around the corner so now you know how how soon it is so it is so surprising and then he says go and tell others i am coming so is it the truth is it real these questions will always dog a person they will wonder whether they have seen or they have not and it is not only after death by the way it is not required that it is seen after death it is during their life also when they are alive they are existing in the world the person can be sitting right near your bedstead i'm not joking 
while you you may you may be just falling asleep or something and you may your eyes will suddenly open and you will see the person sitting at the bedstead and looking at you or talking to you i mean there are various stories and i think last time i had told you also various stories of this kind and there are some of you over here who have had experiences like that so i think it is very important to remember that these are some things we should never discount so when uh, mankar who is seeing baba over there he looks at him in wonder and not only did he see him with his own eyes but balram actually asked him baba why have you sent me here what was baba's reply while in shirdi many notions many doubts assailed your mind therefore your doubting hesitant mind was appointed to go to the gut for you i do not exist outside shirdi and apart from this abode that is 3 and a half cubits in length which is made up of layers upon layers of a mixture of five elements like the earth water etc what i whom you see here and now are the same as the one there see it for yourself properly and at your ease know that i sent you away from there for this same reason when the intended purpose period was over mankar left machindragarh to return to his own place he lived at bandra and felt like going there so he planned to go from pune up to dadar by train he went to the pune station and when it was time to buy a ticket he went to the ticket window where a miracle took place a traveler who was a stranger to him and was dressed like a kunbi with a langoti round his waist and a coarse blanket on his shoulder was seen standing near the window these are low caste people hmm? having bought a ticket from dadar the kunbi turned black back and as his eyes met balram's he approached him now in ancient times people never never you know uh, mixed around with people of other caste actually that is a wrong thing but still i am a brahmin i am this i am that so yet now see what happens he approached him when where are you going he asked and when Bal, balram said to dadar he gave the ticket to him saying you take this now i was to go there but to and i have suddenly remembered that i have another important work here hence i have cancelled my going mankar was only too happy to get the ticket so effortlessly which even after spending one's money it is difficult to obtain so to pay for the ticket as mankar took out the money from his pocket suddenly the kunbi forced his way through the crowd and disappeared where he slipped away mankar could not make out balram made great efforts to trace the kunbi and after all in vain meanwhile the train had also arrived with no shoes no chappals in the feet a rag tied round his head a blanket on his shoulders and a loin cloth round his waist who was this kunbi brother the fare was by no means small but that too he paid in cash out of his own pocket why oh why the burden of obligation on me i cannot solve this puzzle in outward appearance a kunbi but so generous so desireless at heart who could this kunbi have been it was something that remained unresolved to the end leaving mankar with many regrets full of amazement and with hope of meeting the kunbi he remained standing near the door till the train was moving out when the train did finally move out knowing that all hope of finding him was at the end he quickly caught the vertical rod of the door and jumped into the compartment on the guard there was an actual meeting with sai and so was here but in a different way the strange garb of the kunbi created a disquiet in mankar's mind later this excellent devotee was totally attached to sai and spent his days in shirdi in steadfast devotion and faith thereby experiencing fulfillment in life 
Like a buzzing bee that hovers around the pollen of the lotus petals, Balramji was always hovering around Sai with a murmur of Sai's name on his lip. He thus stayed on in Shirdi. With Baba's permission, he did sometimes take himself out of Shirdi in the company of another devotee, Muktara. But Shirdi always remained the center to which he returned time and again, and it was the sacred Shirdi that he finally gave up his mortal call. Blessed was he who met Sai by virtue of his past merit and being engrossed at his feet had a fearless death. Blessed was Tatya Sai Nurkar. Blessed too was Megha, the most excellent among the devotees. Both gave up the body singing bhajan in Shirdi. So what happened to this person? He again went back to Bandra, to the place where his family used to stay. So after his entire period in Machindragad, so even after taking a sannyasa, basically he is not taken the red docker robes, but he had counted himself as a spiritual aspirant and had gone towards Shirdi. Now in Shirdi, Baba had told him very clearly that you don't stay over here, you go somewhere else near Satara and stay over there. Now this is something which we need to understand, though most of us are in spiritual, spiritual world doesn't allow us to leave the whole world and walk away. It is not allowed in today's day and age because today we are supposed to follow the path of devotion, not of jnana. So we are not jnanis that like Mr. the person whom we were talking about, Mankar, he was a jnani, he wanted jnana. Today we cannot have jnana because our mind itself is corrupted, our whole intellect is corrupted, everything is corrupted. We have come to a level of Kali Yuga. So it is impossible for anybody to become a Jnana Yogi. That is a Yogi who has absolute Jnana. No knowledge can there is a Brahman Jnani as we call it. So today's day and age, the only path which is good enough and worthy enough to follow is devotional path. And that doesn't require anybody to go anywhere or leave anything. Now what happens is, when there are such kind of great sages, those who are very sincere can leave their part and they can come and be with that sage. That happens. Where a person can completely give up their you know, their physical world and can come and stay with the sage. Uh, we have seen that even with Baba over there in Andhra. There are people who are staying with him. They are not his relatives or anybody like that. But these are devotees of his. And they have come and stayed, just like these people. They have also come and stayed, just like Nulkar also. Just see Baba's emphasis on the last rites being performed and his friendliness towards his devotee when Megha died. Megha had already accomplished the purpose of the human birth. When the villagers went to cremate him accompanied by the devotee, Baba also went to the cremation ground and showered flowers on Megha. After the last rites were performed, there were tears in Baba's eyes too like an ordinary sorrowing man who is caught up in the web of Maya. Very lovingly, Baba covered the corpse with flowers in his own hands and turned back, bemoaning the loss in a sorrowful tone. We come across many saints who uplift the humanity. But oh, how can one describe the greatness of Sai Baba? A ferocious animal like the tiger, is he a jnani-like man? But even he surrendered at Baba's feet, such was the incomprehensible way of Baba. Now listen attentively to a story in the context and you will see Baba's all-pervasiveness is equal concern for all. Once a miracle took place in Shirdi. 
Just seven days before Baba's Mahasamadhi, a bullock cart came to the door. In it was a, in, at the back was an enormous tiger with a fearful visage, who was firmly tied with thick iron chains around his neck. He had some ailment for which the dervishes, dervish, those who are also again these are Sufis. Okay, a dervish is a person who who will wear black robes or sometimes white robes and all that. So those are dervishes. Had exhausted all the remedies. In the end, they thought that the best remedy would be a saint's darshan. There were three dervishes, and the tigers were their means of livelihood. They would hold shows, moving from village to village, and thus eke out a living. While wandering in the region, Baba's wonderful leela came to their ears. So they thought, let us take the darshan and also take the tiger to that place. His feet are like Chintamani, the boon-granting gem. All the eight siddhis prostrate before him, and the nine treasures all roll at his feet to take the holy water of his feet. So let us bow our head at his feet and ask for blessings for the tiger. By the saint's benediction, he will all prosper. For this purpose, the dervishes took the tiger down from the cart as the door, holding fast to the chains and stood waiting at the door. The tiger, as it was, was fierce, terrible, and wild. To add to which, he was afflicted with some disease. He was therefore most restless. All stood watching the spectacle. The dervish then described to Baba in detail the condition of the tiger, and after first taking his permission, they came back to the door. The chains were then drawn up tightly so that the tiger may not break loose when escape. And very carefully they brought him in front of time, of Sai. Near the step, the tiger looked at Sai, the blazing radiance, and God knows why. But he was quite startled within and bent his head down in great respect. And oh, what a miracle! As their eyes met, the tiger gazed lovingly at Baba, and he was coming up the step. At once, he puffed up the tuft of his tail, struck the ground thrice with it, and surrendered the body as Sai's feet impaired as he was. He fell down motionless. He gave only one terrifying roar and fell dead. There and then, in that instant, people gaped in wonder at such a death of the tiger. The dervishes looked sad, and yet they were happy too that the ailing animal on the point of death was thus liberated. Great indeed is the merit for death before the eyes of sadhu and the saints. Then, then be it a worm, an insect, or a tiger, he becomes free at once from all his sins. There must have been some debt of his last birth which the tiger now repaid, thus becoming free from it. At Sai's feet, he gave up the body. The working of destiny are truly inconceivable. The creature who dies with the head on the saint's feet is at once uplifted. This is his real gain in this birth. Unless he was so very fortunate as possible that a creature will give up the physical body right in front of saint's eyes and will be liberated instantly. To renounce the body in front of the sadhu is a great happiness as that the poison should be transformed into nectar or drinking it. Of such a death, there is neither joy nor sorrow. Blessed is the body of that creature who dies at the feet of the saint, for it becomes an offering to Lord Krishna, and there is no rebirth thereafter. Death in the form of saint, in in front of the saint is no death, but a blissful happiness of Vaikunt. He has conquered the kingdom of death and is free from the sorrow of worldly life. Those who give up the body in front of the saint are not reborn, for that itself is the expiation of their sins, and there attain the moksha. Leaving the mortal frame while grazing at the saint from head to toenails, can this be called death? No, indeed, it is truly one's upliftment. Consider the event as predestined. Maybe he was some meritorious soul who, in flaunting his knowledge, had insulted the Hari Bhakt, a devotee of God. As a result of the curse, was born in the cruel genre. 
and by a mitigation of the curse by the same Haribhak had come to the feet of a saint. Truly the doings of these devotees are most remarkable. I feel that because of the mitigation of the curse he had seized Darshan, which burnt up all his sins, snapped the bondage and put an end to his sufferings. As a result, he was automatically uplifted. Without a perfect good fortune, how can death come in front of a saint? As for the tiger, his threefold afflictions, the three putis, the three gunas were all destroyed and he became one with the Supreme. In this way, by virtue of the previous karma, his association with the wicked body was severed. His connection with the iron chains that were bound him were broken, such is the divine law. Where else can you find the progression of upliftment except at the feet of sadhus and saints? And when the tiger attains that, the dervishes are naturally pleased at heart. The tiger was the means of livelihood, he was their bread and butter, so it was natural that their faces should become sad when the tiger died. Then they asked Maharaj, what should be done now? How should he be buried? Please give him with your own hands a good passage after death. Maharaj said, do not grieve, his end was to be here. Moreover, he too was meritorious that he attained such a great happiness. Beyond the Takiya, there is a Shiva temple. Carry him there and perform his burial rites near the Nandi. If you bury him there, he will have a good passage and at the end, and at your hand, he will be freed from the debt from the bondage. He remained in your bondage until today only to repay your debt. See, this is very important, being your debtor of the last birth. Sometimes when we have to pay the debt from our last birth, can become a particular creature or there may be something which you are attached to. Like you will find that there are dogs in the house sometimes, you know, you keep pets, you keep parrots, you keep dogs, you keep all these kind of creatures. They they owe you something and that is the reason why they exist in your world. Alright. The Darvishes then lifted him up and went near the temple. He was buried in a ditch at the back of the Nandi. Oh, what a miracle it was to see the tiger dead in an instant. And had the incident ended at this point, it would have been forgotten. But exactly on the seventh day from it, Baba too left his mortal body on the ground. Hence it is that the memory of the incident surges in the mind again and again. The next chapter is even more interesting. Baba described his Guru's fond admiration and affection. How he satisfied the green desire of Gokhale Bai by bestowing favor upon her. Hemat surrenders, humbly surrenders at Sainath. Listen to how Baba won his Guru's grace by being suspended upside down in a well at the hand of the Guru. We'll be to all. Here ends the 31st chapter of Sri Sai Samarsat Charit called The Importance of Sai Darshan, as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee Hemat Pan. The question which Padma has asked, I'll just see. But how does one know when death is knocking? Therefore, isn't it important to always have the Lord in our minds? Yes, that is exactly what you are supposed to do. See, the reason why the Japa is there, given to you, uh, those who have been given the Nam Japa, this is so very important that it has to keep on going on in us continuously. Sometimes we can say it loudly, sometimes it happens in our mind, sometimes it happens all by itself. When the Japa is happening all by itself, which is a very, very beautiful thing, at that point in time, the end, even if it is whenever the end is, your body is still singing those same songs or the same words. So don't worry about all those things. When is the death going to come knocking? It can come any moment. There are, there are no timings fixed for the death. Okay. And how does the death come? The death comes in a very, very peculiar manner. See, in our world, we we believe that Yamadev, 
ओके ही कम्स एंड ही कम्स विथ हिज कोटेरी एंड ही टेक्स अवे दोल एज दे कॉल इट even in christianity and every other religion a similar observation is there and those who have seen yama are actually very fortunate but if you have not seen you are fortunate too <laughs> because it is better not to see yama dev but to see the vaikuntavasis you know it is always better to see people from the other world not from that world <laughs> i had a darshan of yama dev myself so i know what i'm talking about the reverse phenomena had transformed at that point in time so it was uh, a reverse and that is the reason why it is important to keep our mind on the lord constantly very very important and to have the lord's name at any given point in time including our sleep practicing the japa is very very